Mandelbrot fractal calculation. Oh, well, you didn't say it was a Mandelbrot fractal calculation. Now I have absolutely no idea it's what a you're fractal. talking about. It's a fractal. It's drawing a fractal. Okay. You're a fractal. You're I a am. fractal of my we, existence. Well, we all, we all technically are. Hey there, this is Eric Van Johnson, and you're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 40, recorded December 8th, 2016. In this episode, Thomas and I talk about Laravel 5.4, making some improvements to routing, a new Laravel conference in Pakistan, Laravel Homestead 4.0 was released, featuring support for PHP 7.1, PHP almost doubles its speed again, and changes coming to the Laravel release cycle and much, much more. So let's get started. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Eric. How's it going? Episode 40, man. I know. I'm feeling old. End of the year sneaking up on us. You know, 52 would mark one year of doing this. 52 weeks of nonstop. It's going to be tough, though, to get through the, the Christmas week. I don't know how we're going to do it. We do, although we did it for Thanksgiving, so... Well, it'll be interesting. We haven't missed a week yet. Oh, we've put out an episode a week. Yeah, it'll be it'll be hard when uh, I move because that's going to be like a two week process. I'm going to have to have some kind of intermediary setup. When's it, when's that happening? Uh, January, February, mid February, mid February. You guys looking at yeah. places yet? Oh yeah, we're we're trying to lock down. A place as soon as possible the renters are just starting to list the stuff that's going to be available in february so nice it's yeah. it's getting I'm gonna close. miss you buddy i'm gonna miss you oh i'm gonna miss you too oh you'll yeah. still see me every week here yeah yeah i got that to look forward to i started feeling the uh the lack of meetups today i oh, was yeah? finished putting the kids yeah finished putting the kids to bed and i thought oh god i'm forgetting something i must be forgetting something I haven't been to a meetup in like a month. <laughs> and I remembered like, oh yeah, no, we're not doing we're not doing one until January. But I got that that itch inside me that's like, oh yeah, you should leave the house. Yeah, we because we normally do our little pregame and uh, get together and, and co work together for a couple hours. So yeah, we're missing that this month altogether. Yeah, we might might have to pull that off anyways, even if we don't have a meetup. Yeah, looking forward to our. January meetup uh, with the Laravel group and speaking with Adam Lavin. That's going to be fun. You're not going to be there for that one, don't forget. I think I will be. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was running the numbers in, uh, with with my wife, and we actually get back into the country. Here in, we should be back here in Long Beach. Uh that morning, Thursday morning at like eight or nine o'clock. So all I have to do is, you know, get back down from Long Beach and get the family home and put away and, you know, muster, Take a up, nap. Enough, yeah, muster up enough energy to, <laughs> to come down to the meetup. But I think, uh, I think I'm going to make it. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful I'm going to make it. So we we'll, have to drink we'll, uh, Red Bull, Red Bull and vodka instead of beer. There you go. We'll have one more meetup together before you bail on me. Yeah. But hey, I'm I'm excited. I'm anticipating it. Yeah, I'm excited Should for be. you. Keep looking at houses that are bigger than my parents' house. Yeah. I did uh um, It's always a nice feeling. I did uh Lair chat today. I saw that. <gasps> did you really? Did you watch it? You didn't even I saw the tweets about it. Didn't tell me I was wearing my glasses. Oh, oh you didn't Nerd. watch it. Th- thanks, thanks for for you know, boosting me up and then knocking me off. I, I was going to watch it, but I was dead asleep. Were you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got some pretty exciting things happening over at Lair Chat. Again, I've been working a lot with Sean on it, and you know, recently I helped them get on iTunes and all that. But we announced today that um, starting next year, we're going to try to make a regular rotation of uh, guests. Uh, so we start off the year with Taylor Otwell. Uh, really? The ne- 
yeah, the next the next show we're gonna have Jeffrey Way. Um, so the same the sh- guest twice in a row for the first first two months. <laughs> You're killing me on this one. <laughs> uh, and then in in February we're gonna bounce over to Eric Burns, the guy who runs Laravel News. And then um, I spoke to Adam Lathen, and he's going to go ahead and follow up with us in February and do a show there. And I've got we've got a long list of other guests we're going to reach out to. I don't want to schedule people too far in advance because it's kind of hard for people to plan that far down the road. But yeah, I think uh, we 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 definitely have enough people on our list where if even half of them agree, you know, we should have. Kind of a a special guest uh, every show next year, and um, very nice. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I pitched to uh, the guys over at Laird Chat is I also want to start reaching out to Laravel user group organizers and having them on the show as well, and giving them kind of a platform to discuss their user group and. You know, the interesting things they're doing and what, what piqued their interest in Laravel and just kind of kind of getting that whole community vibe going over there. You know, speaking of, of uh, Laravel user groups, do you see about this new uh, Laravel conference in Pakistan? Yeah, I, I we were just talking about that. That's, uh, that's really cool, right? I mean, it really kind of shows what a global impact uh, Laravel is having in the development community because I mean we've had Laravel US Laravel EU which is not run by Laravel US Dale or Otwell doesn't run Laravel EU a whole nother group runs that yeah had those running for a couple of years this year we there was a Laravel conference in Brazil we talked about that a couple of shows back and now we're here Pakistan has a have has a conference they're going to have. So I, I tell you, it's, it's an impactful uh, framework. Yeah. It's, it's surprising how fast it's, it's taken off internationally to me. I, I really, I wonder if there is something similar to Laracasts in all the other languages that uh, <laughs> are, are creating this, yeah, that that would be interesting. <laughs> is there is there a Jeffrey Way over in Pakistan? <laughs> He's everywhere. Jeffrey Way is a global <laughs> influencer. Poor guy works too much though. <laughs> well, uh, since we are talking about Laravel, did you see? Yeah, you know, they there's a lot of talking about Laravel five point four. Right? That's the that's the yeah. next big version that uh, Taylor's working on. And they released a little sneak peek of some changes they're looking to make into uh, routing. Did you take a look at that article? Yeah, and it's interesting. It, it, you know, the article's titled Route Improvements Are Coming to Laravel 5.4, but it, it's really better described as bug fixes in my book. Really? See, it's funny because I looked at it, and I, I'm actually not a fan of the new format because... I like looking at my routes and seeing get 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 post post resource. You know, just it seems like very sure. or, organized. The what's being proposed is you know moving a lot of that the action deeper into into the route. And I don't know. It's just I, I don't know if I'm a fan of of that format. Well, I, I think the big change is that it's it's allowing methods like name. Uh, and middleware to be called at any point in defining the route as opposed to after defining the route's URL. So, but what, what does that, what do you think that gets you? I, like I said, to me, it's a bug fix. To me, uh, all the methods of the route should return themselves, sh- should return this. Um, and they weren't before. They were making modifications to an object instead of returning the object with modifications. Hmm. So t- to me, it's just fixes, but there also is uh, a good amount of route caching improvements as well, uh, which mm-hmm. it, to me is nice because that is one of the performance hits with Laravel. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, that reminds me, 
I've t- I've talked to you about uh, Laravel Shift in the past. Yeah, that's that service that will automatically up upgrade a Laravel app for you. I, I mm-hmm. used it this week. Really? I, I, How'd it go? It seems to went okay. I, I have to actually test it. I went to the site. I it, it was a Laravel five point two. I requested to upgrade it to five point three. I paid my I think $9 is what it is. Gave them access to the repo. And before I could finish clicking through everything, I had a pull request waiting for me in the repo and, and, uh, everything's there. I, I mean, it's pretty well detailed, pretty well outlined. I need to kind of read through everything and, uh, understand because there, there were some things that it was kind of bringing to your attention and, asking you to um take a look at so yeah so i I still have to do that but uh it looked promising it looks real promising and it's funny i was just for the layer chat show we were talking about everything that happened in 2016 and we were kind of doing like a recap and i realized that laravel shift was just deployed in 2016 and they're already touting that they migrated over a thousand applications. So that's a pretty, pretty nice little success story for that guy. Yeah. That's not, I wonder how automated that process is at this point. Oh, I'm sure it's gotta be, I'm sure it's gotta be super aut- automated. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of all these things that have happened in 2016, uh, unfortunately America has lost a hero, <sighs> another hero. Uh, this this time a true hero, right? A true hero. Yeah. Uh, John Glenn, John Glenn, the first astronaut to circumnavigate the globe in outer space, uh, did pass away. Yeah. Fun fact: the movie Independence Day was based on his life. No, was it Independence Day? Was no, it? I don't think I don't. No, I Will think it was Independence Day Resurgence. Will Smith's character. That is the sequel. Oh. But yeah. Yeah, cool guy. I mean, a man with balls, without question. <laughs> yeah, he did something nobody else had done. It was, it was, uh, yeah. Yep. That's that was. Just, I was sad to see that today. Yep. So I'm I'm having a a beer in his honor. I'm actually having a couple <laughs> couple beers in his honor. Couple beers. Couple beers. You know what else happened? Did we talk about 7.1? Yeah, we talked about that last yeah. week, right? Yeah, 7.1 yeah. was released last week. Do you, do you realize that it was released a little, like a couple days shy of a year from 7.0? Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was crazy because I, I think I think 7, 7.1 got released on December 1st. And 7.0 got released on December 3rd, or or, or vice versa, I, for, I forget. But very, very close to, to each other. So, yeah, that, that was that was real good. And yeah, I think that was the time we started talking about getting the, pod ha- the podcast together. Yeah, I had that, too. I, I had, had looked that up. I, for, I forget when we did our first show. I think we did our first show uh, like 40 weeks ago. What was that? Something <laughs> clo- close to that. Yeah, I think I think it was, it was a Thursday. Uh, March. I remember that. It was March. Actually, it wasn't a Thursday. It was a Saturday. We started on Saturday. Oh God, yeah. we screwed everything up. That <laughs> explains the the quick decline in quality. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So Homestead uh, 4.0 gets PHP 7.1, uh, but it also comes with some some sad news from from Taylor. Not necessarily sad. It's actually good news. I mean, it's it's well, it's, true. A, <laughs> it's a very well used tool. That's for sure. Yeah, sixty four terabytes of data hosted just for Homestead. So yeah. it looks like he the the provider that he was hosting Homestead off of decided, hey, you know what? We we can't quite carry this anymore. This is uh, this is more work than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be something. That's that's pretty crazy. I mean, sixty-four terabytes. I install Homestead. I, I do a fresh install of Homestead maybe every two months. 
Yeah. So. so obviously he found a home for it because they released version four. Well, we'll see. I think he's got offers from uh, some people for discounted hosting and things like that. But I don't, I don't think there's any concern about Homestead going away anytime soon. It's just that he needs a home, a home for hosting 64 terabytes and growing of his development environment. That's that's got to be pretty nice though when you create a development environment for yourself and uh, everyone else wants it so much that you have to find somewhere to host it professionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. So um, what else? What else you got on here? I'm curious about I'm curious about this card that you put on here. How can the PHP manual improve? Yeah, you know, this was a conversation that I sort of hopped into on Reddit. Um because to me, it seemed like a boring question. Mm-hmm. But then then I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, you know what? So the PHP manual hasn't really changed at all in, let's say, 10 years. Oh, I don't think that's true at all. Uh, the PHP.net got a major revamp, I uh, would say, four, four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, no, it's... It's it got a major major overhaul, and that that included the docs at the time. So whenever I think of the the PHP documentation, I think of this sort of '90s off blue square divs or tables. Even you know, I, it it doesn't look a whole lot different than it ever did, and the documentation is very API documentation. It's just, mm-hmm. this is this is yeah. what it is. This is how you call it. There aren't a lot of examples until you start getting into uh, the comment section. You know, it's the method name, the values returned, the values as arguments, and then an example. Uh, two examples. But it doesn't give you a really valuable context for it until you start looking through all of the comments, which are, I mean, nine years ago was the comment on array flip. <laughs> well, there's not a whole lot to, to, to change it with array flip. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to change, but I mean, there's definitely uses that could be given as great examples that you aren't going to see anywhere outside of stack exchange. You know what I mean? So, what what sort of? I mean, did did were there any good recommendations? Uh, what was being pro- proposed? One of the the major upvoted proposals was versioning similar to the Symphony docs, being able to choose your version and only get results relating to that version. Mm. Right now in PHP, uh, you'll get a list of supported versions for any given method that you look up yeah yeah so that 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 was always uh, annoying because if you didn't pay attention yeah something could have been deprecated or or no longer in use and if you didn't pay attention it's still there in the docs it's just not a supported version on whatever version you're on and you, you have to you have to know to look for that yeah um and then you know the second most popular uh, comment here is more examples, better examples, uh, copy and pasteable examples, which I'm actually not a fan of copy, copying and pasting directly from the web. <laughs> that's one thing. It's like, that's some new person saying, hey, why do I have to do this print array? Or why do I have to do a for each? Why don't you guys just do it for me? Let me copy and paste it. <laughs> yeah. You know, outside of that, trimming the fat, a lot of the stuff that's irrelevant or old or bad. That's how um, I feel about a lot of the comments on there. I'll, I'll read through the docs every now and then. There's just, like I said, there are comments from 10 years ago that just don't really seem relevant or just seem seem to be poor comments to begin with. It's like, what, okay, why is this Why is this comment even here? And it, it definitely right. could use some housekeeping. Well, I mean, a good example is, is the way that the list... Uh, functionality has changed in PHP 7.1. You don't see that referenced into the documentation. Mm-hmm. the The list method is there, but all of the new functionality for list isn't there. Mm. 
So the new um, bracket syntax isn't there? Yeah, the new bracket syntax isn't there, or if it is, I, it's just buried. I can't, I, I don't see it. Um, and, you know, and you look at comments from 10 years ago, and they're showing you how to do something with a giant block of code that you, is replaced by a method in PHP 5. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, flushing out that comments and turning comments into official documentation might be something. If a comment is good enough, make it an official, you know, an official registered comment or something. That would be a good approach. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think everyone likes it when somebody with the air of authority, whether or not it's real, uh, gives the thumbs up to a comment and says, yeah, this guy got it right. I'm not looking at the site now. Clearly you're on there. Is there voting on the comments now? There is voting on the comments. Okay. Um, Couldn't remember. But it's just an, it's just an up or down and it doesn't thread. Mm. So uh, you'll see comments in reply to comments, but they're all in line and you can have a, you can have a person commenting from one month ago to something that they saw that was posted five years ago and no one realizes what the two are related to or who cares. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, for list, the top voted comment has 54 votes total. Or I'm sorry, 54 votes up. Yeah, and I, a 67% like, I mean, that's, you know, a hundred, a hundred people have voted on the top thing in the list method. That seems strikingly low for the number of people that are using this website on a daily basis. Yes. I, I just randomly clicked on something and I'm seeing a block of a block of code that was downvoted and it has a score of negative 17 and it's like, okay, why is this still on here? I mean, why is something right? Hey, you know, I, I, I need to change my username before I give you that link though. Wait, what? No, that's not me. Oh, never mind. What? what big boob lover. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, yeah. There's several, there are several comment blocks here that, that have a lot of negative votes to them. And it's just don't waste my time. Well, and they're, there are some that are positive that have no formatting, no coloring, no no helpful layout whatsoever. It's just a copy and paste of block of code. And one of the things about Stack Overflow is they put all the effort into making sure things are formatted correctly and that you could put nice-looking code in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but PHP.net is just like, yeah, black and white text, paste it in here. If you had tabs and spaces, we'll just truncate it to whatever we thought it should be. Yeah, and now you posted another PHP story on here. Um, I know I've gone about, PHP crazy. You have. It's it's like you want to do this for a living or something. What's this? They, they're they're trying to double their speed again. Not trying to, man. You know, uh, I'm not seeing a I'm not seeing a lot of uh, commentary about this right now because this is the. PHP 8 slash PHP next engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that was initially going to be implemented into the seven branch, but got removed for the sake of getting seven stable. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a just in time compiler or a JIT compiler. Right. So what, what's the target? Is it, are they targeting it for a seven two now? They're targeting it for eight or PHP next as it's being called internally. Actually, I'm sorry. Internally, it's being called the experimental JIT branch. So it's not being tied to anything. It's only focusing on getting a JIT compiler in there. That's it. Okay. All right. So they're not going to try to force this thing in in any release. It's just going to be whenever it's ready, it's ready. And and we'll, we'll streamline it into the next release. Yeah. So, so given a couple uh, different benchmarks, and we'll have the link in the uh, show notes. But there's Bench, Microbench, and Mandelbrot, and I think everyone knows what a, a Mandelbrot bench would look like. Um. So, no. I have no idea. No. Mandelbrot fractal calculation. 
Oh, well, you didn't say it was a Mandelbrot fractal calculation. Now I have absolutely no idea it's what you're fractal. talking about. It's a fractal. It's drawing a fractal. Okay. You're a fractal. You're I a am. a fractal in my we, existence. Well, we all, we all technically are. Mm. So uh, let, let's looking at bench.php, uh, 5.6 was getting it done in 1.798 seconds. Well, 7.0 brought that to 0.67 seconds. So that was a 62% gain. Uh, the experimental JIT branch brings that down to 0.208, which is another 54% gain in performance. Wow. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, you know, the, the micro bench, a 35% gain over uh, PHP 7.1, and the, the Mandel brought a 49.28% improvement over 7.1. I mean, it's just getting faster and faster and faster. And at, at this point, it looks like it's going to be beating out all of the HHVM and and other uh, experimental branches or, or offshoots, is forks it, of PHP. Is HHVM still a thing? I think, I think 7 is killing it pretty bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't hear it talked, talked about nearly as much as I used to. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Mm. I think I think there was a Reddit thread about that too. Is HHVM still a thing? <laughs> uh, see, yeah, so also, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about this. This is uh, you've been talking about the JIT thing for a while. I know, I know you're excited about. The I shit. have. I have. It, it's. I'm, I'm, it's handy dandy. It's going to be interesting to see it release and functional and and really working but i don't know i i can't get too excited about it the reason my biggest thing is uh i don't know i mean with so much stuff happening over the web you're talking about fractions of a second which get lost and bandwidth eh. yeah i mean a lot of this stuff is math tests mm -hmm. um but it is nice to see you know PHP 5.05 completing in 8.65 seconds versus the newest branch completing in 0.208 seconds. Yeah, that's huge. You know, yeah, it is fractions of a second when you compare 7.1 to the JIT branch. Mm -hmm. But if, if you look at the whole picture over the years, uh, this is how you continue to refine a language. This is how a language continues to be relevant in a time when people are using stuff like Node because it's faster. This well, guess true. what? Node isn't. Node's not faster anymore. It's, <laughs> yeah. It hasn't been faster since 7.1, and it's going to be considered slower once the JIT branch comes out. Yeah. So I mean, th we, there are, is something we are making that progress. There is something to be said about the resil the resilience. Is that a word? Resilience? Resilience? Yes, of PHP. There have been many who have come, who have challenged, and uh, doesn't doesn't ever seem to quite stay. Yeah, you know, I, I see. I still see all the, uh, the PHP hate that's out there, but now when I see it, I just sort of think, oh, yeah, haters going to hate. That's yeah. what you're going to do. You had yeah. to learn four languages in the time that I've been I've been able to stay on one language and watch it get better and better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we have a little you know, bit Ruby more. Ruby guys are doing right now. What's that? Ruby developers. They're all working on Node. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were the guys moving over to Elixir or whatever the whatever the new cool thing is. Or Go or Haskell. Yeah, Haskell. That's the other one. Yeah, Haskell's the big yeah. one. I'll stick with PHP. It's uh keeps getting better. It's always gonna you're, you're always gonna need a PHP developer. I, I don't see that changing anytime anytime in the near future. Speaking of, we still have some Laravel news. Did you see that uh, Taylor announced he's going to change the release cycles of Laravel? I did. You know, I didn't realize there was a, a an existing release cycle. Oh yeah, yeah. He he. I know that he definitely had mentioned it at the 
last uh, Laravel conference, um, Laracon, and uh, I think that the, the changes he's made actually does kind of play into that. I, I think he, he's moved the release cycles so that they better line up with the Laracon conference and um but which but one yeah. Laracon us man the one that's gonna be here in san diego in 2018 <laughs> once everyone realizes how much they hate new york i'm hoping i'm really hoping <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna bend his ear about it when he's on Lara chat uh next month uh, i'm not gonna let him off the hook Probably it's probably gonna be my last show for the for Lair Chat because they're gonna kick me off. So this week, this week we did our release. We did our release, and the the crunch has ended. You know what I've been working on? Your your CMS. Yeah, yeah. All all week, I've just been testing. I've just been writing tests and reading. Yeah, hey, I, I talked to your boss. Today, and I I dropped the hint in his ear about uh, purchasing that Adam Wathen uh, test series for you guys. Oh, I already told him to buy it for me. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. I was yeah, I, if... I already. I two days ago, I emailed him a list of all the books I want. Oh, perfect. Yeah. My boss, my boss, the certified bad boy of coding. Have you heard about this? No. What's this? Oh man. He uh loses something like 50 pounds, gets a motorcycle. You know what he did this weekend? No, what? Skydiving. Oh, yeah. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> wants, to, wants to get his, wants to get his uh, solo license so he can skydive without a tandem partner. Holy crap. He's, yeah, no, he's just working up the most badass Tinder profile ever. Yeah, your your boss is somewhat of a badass, so you got you got to you got to give it to him. Yeah. So I, I'm in the middle of testing all this stuff that I've been developing while I should have been writing tests, and I see this PHP Stan. Have you seen this? I did. Uh, it's funny. It's it's one of the links you and I both posted the link in Trello. And so, yeah, I, I, I looked at the article. I tried uh, pulling it in on one of my projects, but um, had some dependency issues and didn't work. Yes. Did yeah, you, so you, that was my first problem. Oh, okay. The first problem was that I wanted to, I wanted to run this on my project. Uh, what this is is an advanced linter, basically. Uh, linting is something that just checks and makes sure that your code is sane. Uh, mm -hmm. That it'll execute, that there's no fatal. Well, this goes through and makes sure that when you're calling all of your methods, you have the right argument counts. Or when you're calling uh, server globals, you're calling them the right way. So it just, it takes common sense, the kind of stuff that your IDE is going to pop out and say, hey, this doesn't look right. And it's going to pop it out in a command line like uh, a PHP unit would. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of, a skeleton for unit testing. It's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, you and me, we're Laravel people, and Laravel has a uh, PHP parser that it likes to use for reflection, and mm -hmm. this package just wants a newer version that, that Laravel doesn't want. So... Unable to use it, unable to get it working. It looks like it's going to need to get compiled into a FAR or something because it did not want to be, it did not want to be installed on my project. So yeah, yeah, I was trying to pull mine in on a, on a PHP project as well. So that's interesting. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to, to look at it. Now, what's funny is, you know, in the consulting gig that, that we, I live in, you, you not so much, but when we take on new clients, uh, one of the things we do is we take some of our clients have legacy code bases that we have to decide if we want to take on and maintain. And we, we have a certain 
tools that we run against these code bases to get an idea. So there, there, are, there are a lot of these tools out there. Um, the big one that we will we'll use is called PHPMD, which is, stands for mess detection, PHP mess detection. And it does a lot of that sort of same stuff. Um, there's another one that looks for duplicate code. And there, there's a few tools that, that will run out there. But I'm real interested in this one because this one, so those tools will will call out things that will not necessarily be broken, just are bad practices, aren't very well defined, should not really be done this way sort of thing. This tool will call out things that are potentially broken. Like, you know, you can go straight to a client and say, yeah, um, you know, this section of your code doesn't seem to work. Did you realize that? So I'm right. really or, curious to or see this. There's a place here. There's an else statement that will never get called because you're you're putting in a true here or something like that. Or right, you have, uh, exactly. You have PHP info getting dumped out on a public page. So, yeah, you know, I, I really like uh, Mess Detector, um, and it's it's a great tool to learn because it points out a lot of the things that you may not know as a beginning programmer are bad practices, uh, nesting depth, uh, right. you know, very var variable naming con consistency, things like that. Uh, you know, mess detector is cool. You load up uh, PSR, basically you load up your coding standard into it. And then it verifies that all your code meets the coding standard. So it can be a really, really helpful tool for taking new developers and bringing them into the fold uh, on a project. Yeah. Yeah. I, I configure my PHP storm to use it. And yeah, it's a couple, uh, what's the, the other ones, uh, PHP code sniffer is another one that's out there that you can, you can use. So. Yeah. yeah. All good. All good tools. <laughs> I have to address the elephant, not in the room. John, you really shouldn't be talking about John like that. <laughs> You know, you know, they say you have a couple of kids, you start to put on weight. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen him in forever. But I swear, I swear, when we first started meeting up, every single time I saw John and you, you both had a new smartwatch. Like this is you true. Guys, you guys are smartwatch nuts. And we, thankfully, you haven't fallen for the Apple Watch thing, but you've yeah. had basically every other smartwatch out there, including the first smartwatch, the Pebble. We had the Pebble. It's not only smartwatches, it was wearables, right? Um, I had the Pebble. Uh, our buddy Robert um, over at business.com at the time got me uh, hooked on the Fitbit. I got myself a little Fitbit. Ended up getting a, a Moto 360. But I saw an article come across the wire, and at first I was really excited about it. Fitbit ended up buying Pebble. And if you're not aware, Pebble, they were like the poster child of the crowdfunding movement, right? I mean, they were like the really first breakthrough success company that came out of crowdfunding. And I think, I think they got crowd, crowdfunded on Kickstarter. So they were the ones that showed that, hey, crowdfunding works. You, you give people have an idea, you give them money, they make that idea, everybody gets the product, everybody's happy, there's this new product, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, when I saw Fitbit on them, I'm like, okay, that sort of makes sense, right? Because all the other major players in wearable computers have their brand. Samsung has their brand. Uh, a lot of people are, are using Android Wear. Fitbit, although they had a device, didn't really seem like it was it, it was really up to snuff with the other wearable you know systems out there. So I'm like, okay, this seems to make some sense. Fitbit bought Pebble. They're going to make a better smartwatch. And I love the Pebble OS. Yeah, <laughs> Pebble OS. What are you talking? The the Pebble, the operating system that they use. What? I love my Pebble. You like your Pebble? It's a great OS. Yeah. Oh, the Pebble. Yeah, the, yeah, the Pebble. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 
I was totally blanking out there. I was I was thinking you're talking about Fitbit. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh yeah. Not did, I don't really care for Fitbit. Did you hear that they're shutting down Pebble? Yeah. Totally shuttering the thing. What the hell? Well, what what's the logic there? They had just launched a campaign for a new watch that's basically just gonna get pulled. Can you explain this to me? Why is this happening? Yeah. Why, why did they purchase them to shut them down? Intellectual property patents. <sighs> really? Yeah. Pebble's not uh, Pebble's not making a ton of money. They're doing all right, and it's it's it costs less money for Fitbit to license a patent than it is to buy the company, so they just bought the company and shut it down. Why keep mm. why keep it running? Mm. Corporations are soulless. They don't care about the quality of the the product or the people are happy with it or not. They just care about whether or not it's continuing to make money. And so they're just going to make money the best way they can. So so you don't think that there's not going to be another smartwatch? Like Pebble isn't going to come out with a smartwatch? No. Nah. I think you'll see the founders of Pebble move on and possibly create a new smartwatch company. Uh, it depends on their their drive to provide the interface that they want to provide, but no. And I think I think w- practicality dictates that the smartwatch is dead for five years. There are technologies in the pipeline that will make the smartwatch viable: uh, graphene polymer batteries, thinner e-ink based with a faster refresh rate screen, things like that. But the smartwatch, in my opinion, was a technology being pushed too hard too soon for what it was really capable of doing. When you've got things coming down the pipeline that are truly amazing, uh, like the new batteries. Have you heard about the new battery technology this week? Mm-hmm. Of a, a spent radioactive fuel encapsulated in a man-made diamond? <laughs> no. Where do you get these art? Where do you get these things from, man? <laughs> uh, science journals. <laughs> no. I, so uh, this is this is a new functional technology that was developed. They take spent radioactive fuel and they grow a diamond around it. The density of the diamond prevents the radiation from getting out, but the structure of the carbon creates a voltage through the diamond. So you put it in a device and the device gets powered for a couple hundred years without emitting radiation. And it uses spent nuclear fuel. Yeah, I, I, I think you're going to have some some marketing challenges with that one. You don't have to market it. It sells itself. You can put it in a pacemaker that'll never, ever, ever die. Until your nipples start to glow as you try to sleep at night. You can't Added sleep because bonuses. your nipples are glowing. Added bonuses. Glowing nipples and a heart that doesn't stop. And a heart that doesn't stop, huh? I guess if my nipples glowed, I I wouldn't want my heart stopping anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? For me, it's more for my wife. I don't don't really care about the luminosity of my nipples, but she's a big fan. She's a fan. (laughs) Hey. We got to stop segueing with hey. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You know, it just struck me. We say hey too much. What are some other words for hey? Oh, man, I'm tired. I'm listening to the podcast. Oh, geez. I could tell you're tired. You're not drinking. Uh, I've had three glasses of... um, Actually, I'm a little lit, to be honest with you. I've had three glasses of my my, um, uh, Johnny Walker Black. And... uh, a third one, I hit it a little too quick. <laughs> it's got some uh, pants on it. <laughs> pants is exactly what I was getting ready to talk about, actually. Thanks to See, technology. See, that's how you do a segue. Thanks to technology, I was able to achieve one of my lifelong goals of going Christmas shopping without wearing pants. And I, I, nice. it was so pleasant to be able to do this. And I was able to do it through the power of Amazon. This and is now, the Amazon Go store? That's a physical store. You went to do a physical store without pants on? Dude, I'm getting there. Way to step oh. all over me. Way to step all <laughs> over me. I'm, I'm just Holy concerned that you're now wandering crap. around in public without pants on. Oh, my God. 
Jesus. <laughs> My other fantasy has been has been wanting to walk into a store and walk out without paying anybody for the stuff. And now that would be nice. Yeah. See where I was going with that? Yeah. It's dead Fantasies. Now. Amazon has opened a brick and mortar store called Amazon Go. Looks like the coolest thing ever. You walk into the store with your smartphone, you beep in, you walk around the store, you pick up whatever you want, and you walk out. You don't stand in line, you don't pay any cash cash register, you just walk out. Supposedly, with the proximity detectors and algorithms and all this other stuff, you don't even tell and NFC and yeah, it figures out what you what you bought, and as soon as you walk out the store, it, you're charged for it all. I I mean it. I I watched the video. I'm like, that is the slickest thing ever. It'll never work because somebody's gonna hack this in like a week. Yeah, guys, this this will never work for a hundred reasons. I I can't imagine what their shrinkage is going to look like. Yeah. And, it, I mean, Amazon, that's cool. Amazon isn't going to care. This is a test bed for Amazon and they're not going to yeah. care if, if they lost a hundred percent of the investment in this one physical store in Washington, they're not going to care at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they do want to figure out the, the market viability for such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, funny I don't because, know. My wife was just complaining to me, um, you, you know, when you get around Christmas time, like after Black Friday until Christmas, the big Walmart stores here in the U.S., they're open 24-7. Yeah. And uh, so my wife takes advantage of that because she works really weird hours. I mean, she'll, she works at night. And so for her to go to the store at 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, is easy for her because she's she's up, she's working, she's doing things. So she'll go to these stores at five o'clock in the morning when there's nobody there. And she said that this year when she did that, um, the problem was that you go and there are no cash. There's there there are no cashiers. Your only option <laughs> for checking out is doing the self checkout. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that is crap. You know, it's it's just. It, it, it's crap and you know she she doesn't like doing the self-checkout she, she'll get a lot of things she doesn't you know she doesn't want to figure out how much how she's supposed to ring in her apples or things like that um, sure but well, if, the apples are free she, when you do self-checkout <laughs> but if she didn't have to do the self-checkout you know if all she had to do was walk out the door how great would that be I mean, that would, that would be awesome. I would love for this to work. I would love for this to be successful. I just, I don't see, I don't see it being successful. But see, my question is, I want to stand outside that front door and ask everyone who's leaving, hey, does it feel really uncomfortable? Just ask them, like, yeah, you put it in your purse. I saw you just put that bagel in your purse. Does it make you feel weird? You know, and that, that, that's, that seems have. legitimate. Yeah, because we have, we have been socially engineered in, 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 you know, molded to not do i mean it's like walking up to a barrier on on a sidewalk somebody puts up a barrier you're you're triggered not to not to question that barrier even though even if you can look beyond it and say oh no this the sidewalk is fine there's a population of us that will not challenge that barrier and it's kind of it's kind of the same thing it's like you're not supposed to be doing this even even teenagers, I was a teenager, I worked at 7-Eleven, and I'll tell you that even teenagers who you think are the ones that will have no problem breaking these rules, I'd give my friends a, a, a water cup and say, yeah, go ahead and fill it up with soda, I don't care. And they'd look at me like, I know, I, I, uh, that's weird, I can't do that. Can you just give me a regular cup? I'm like, no, you can only have the water cups, they count the regular cups. I'm like, oh, I'll just have water then. It's like, yeah, when you tell people that the rules don't apply to them in this way, they still feel super awkward walking out of the store. So I, I, I think it's uh it's just as much a social experiment as it is a financial experiment for them, because yeah, it's, it's, it's I, I wouldn't I know I wouldn't be comfortable putting stuff into 
a, a backpack and then just walking out the front door. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, there were no bags. People just put them in your pocket, your, your jacket pocket, and you walk out the door. It's yeah. crazy. And, and, you know, I think the, the small, the small fine print here is that, uh, this store in Washington that they have a big full page for and lots of videos and stock photos, uh, at the bottom, it does say Amazon Go is currently open to Amazon employees in our beta program. Ah, so I, I, I didn't catch that. So that's good. Uh, yeah. So this, as as much as they're marketing this thing, they're marketing it and saying, you don't get it, though. It's not for you. <laughs> you, don't work, you, don't work, you don't work for us. If you worked for us, maybe we'd let you pretend to steal stuff from the store. So I'm just yeah. going to start stocking my pantry this way. I'm going to I'm going to have to put things in my backpack whenever I take them out of the pantry and move them to the counter. <laughs> I get that get that same feeling out of it. So I tricked you. I know. I saved I um, my doom and gloom. I saved my doom and gloom article. I didn't put it on Trello so you couldn't see it and remove it before we got to it. So do you have you heard of the UK Investigatory Powers Act. I can't say I have. The common name here is the Snoopers Charter. And it basically takes all of the crazy things that we know governments do but say they don't do and makes it an official stance in the UK. So tracking of all internet behavior, banning of uh, content that's deemed inappropriate by committees, mm. uh, including uh, what I believe they called irregular sexual acts. <gasps> so, oh, I did hear about this. Yeah. yeah so I, I actually thought about you when I heard about this. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you you hear irregular sexual acts, and I immediately jump to your mind. That's there good. You go. You're in the shower. Oh wait, no, 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 because your work, man. <laughs> well, yeah, but what is the definition here? There's no definition. It's just a legal statement that outlaws irregular sexual acts on Actually, video. I mean, it's actually, I did hear some pretty explicit definitions. Um, I, I don't care to repeat them, but I, I, I yeah, there was some definitions in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the, the latest concern is a, an analysis by the register, which is a, a, a UK IT rag i call it a rag because boy they are the buzzfeed of the uk and they have been for 15 years they go a little bit over the top sometimes but they've broken down this law and decided that the the law compels people to lie about what they are investigating or convicting people on to the courts. So officers who are operating under the work of this, this new regulatory act are required to lie to the courts or yeah, no, I say a duty. They say here creates a legally guaranteed ability, nay a duty to lie about even the potential for state hacking to take place. So, when a when a judge says, "Are you going to hack a person's email account?" Then this law says you can just say no, we're not gonna, and then go ahead and do it. I only bring it up because I worry about the people who are like us, who are in charge of data, not being scared by this stuff because users aren't necessarily even aware, let alone concerned. Um. You know, I go to Amazon and it gives me my recommended purchases list. It says, hey, you, you're interested in uh, batteries for your e-cigarette. You should check out this stuff. Well, I've never, ever bought batteries for my e-cigarette from Amazon. 
Amazon is hooked into other platforms for advertisements. So when your company is using a payment gateway to sell batteries, you're also inadvertently letting Amazon know, hey, this person is interested in batteries, whether or not you're even hooked up to an Amazon service that you think you're hooked up to. And this is the kind of thing that is going to be explicitly done by the government to control whether or not this person is interested in something that they don't decide is good or that connects them uh, surreptitiously to some crime that's been committed. And the next, the next step for this kind of thing is copyright infringement. Um, people who are pirating music getting arrested and tried by corporate courts. So I think, I think the people like us who are in charge of data, that are in charge of users' information, need to be aware of this kind of stuff and need to take the, the steps to make sure that people we don't like don't get our users' data from us. I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? No, I, I, I agree my, with that's, you. That's I, my soapbox. I think that's your soapbox. I, I think... I, I think as developers, we have a duty to help maintain the front line of user security and anonymity and privacy. The problem is, is you're not, you're always going to have developers who don't care. You'll always have developers sure. who will do whatever it is they want to do for whoever will pay them to do it. So, yeah, it's funny. You, you say so you log into Amazon and ask you about your e-cigarette batteries. Yeah, I, I log into Amazon and just says, Eric, could you please start wearing pants when you shop with us? We're all kind of uncomfortable over here. I'm like, stop looking at my camera, man. I'm I'm really curious about what Amazon is going to do when I moved to Colorado, what Amazon and Google, because Amazon and Google, I mean, I've been here for 34 years. What's going to, what is going to happen when some algorithm realizes I've moved? How long is it going to take until I start getting bombarded with new local stuff instead of stuff that relates to my old place? I'm guessing it'll only take about a week before all of the algorithms click in and realize I've moved. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah, fucking I, terrifying. That's scary. Actually, it, ha it happens pretty quickly because, I mean, I, I've been at conferences or I've been on vacation and Google's popping up with recommendations. Uh, I mean, with, within oh, yeah. a day. You know, it's crazy. Well, we were, we were talking about the Pebble. I had my Pebble on for my flight to uh, Louisville for Laracon last year. And as soon as my flight got low enough to pick up a cell phone signal, my watch started buzzing and it told me that my flight was delayed from landing by 15 minutes. <laughs> and I, I just went, what? But I didn't enter in any kind of information or notification. Said, no, no. It was Google now. Google said, oh, you got an email that has a flight number in it. We took that flight number. We cross-referenced it with flights in the United States. And we're letting you know that that flight number is going to be delayed by 15 minutes. And I'm like, I didn't ask you to do that. Yeah. So what, what else am I not asking you to do that you're doing entirely of your own volition? And I mean, this is, this is the metadata talk, you know? When, when someone says, oh, I'm just using metadata, well, yeah, metadata is all you need. Metadata tells you everything you could possibly want to know. Scary stuff, yep. man. Scary, scary. Leave it to you. I mean, don't, don't get Mr. me wrong. Mr. Doom I still Loom. use Google. I still oh, yeah. use Google. I still use Gmail. I'm selling my convenience. All right, man. Well, we're at uh, an hour and ten minutes here, so we need to... We're going to need to wrap this up if, if we're going to let the editors get to it. Yeah. But do we have any, do we have any closing thoughts? Oh man. Uh, my closing thought is not to drink so much, um, before I do a podcast and drink during the podcast. I, I feel like I, I do a better job 
that way. Oh, see, I think you did great. I'm <sighs> I'm your biggest fan. You're my buddy, buddy. You're my buddy. We still uh, got to get together and see a movie. You know, I saw Snowden came out in DVD, and I just went, oh, shit. That was quick, right? <laughs> yeah. Because like, almost... I remember we were supposed to go see Snowden in theaters, and that plan fell through, and then it came out on DVD. Like, oh, wow. That's that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a quick-to-DVD quick to uh, <laughs> movie. Oh, man. All right, Thomas, we're going to wrap this up. That's going to be it for episode, uh, what is it, episode 40. Episode um, 40. I think it was a good one, man. Uh, An Amazon dozen. I'll see. <laughs> I, I'll talk to you next week. I'm not going to talk to you before then. No, I think we should maintain this the distance that we have for the time being. <laughs> All right. I'm Eric Dan Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.